We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good with it? Lucky Lefty Podcast. Happy Thursday, Thursday, right? Is it Thursday? Yes. The Anora boys are in the building. I'm brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so responsibly. We're about to get into it. Left on his way back from dropping Lil' Left off the preschool. You know what I'm saying? Graduation day. It's a preschool, man. You know how big that is as parents. You know, you got to stop in. You got to make sure he's good. And, Make sure everything's okay. Mom, hey, salute to Lil Left taking that next stage in life or taking that next step in life. It's a huge step, man. But I'm here. Uh, spring game was last night, so we weren't able to come on prime time. But we'll talk about Logan Thomas, the newest commit to Notre Dame. I'm also going to jump into, and I think I'm going to jump into the Owen Wayful situation um, to start the show. But we're also going to get into one of the most intriguing, if you guys have not seen this, um, it was an interview on Showtime, I believe. I encourage everyone to watch it. Uh, It's Kevin Garnett took a moment to sit down with former Chicago Bull and former University of Florida two-time champion basketball player Joaquin Noah, who I don't know if you guys are paying attention to what he's doing and has continued to do in the city of Chicago after his career with his foundation in the midst of all the chaos and killings and everything. Um Salute to Joe, but they had a fantastic interview and a, a great conversation about NIL. And Joaquin lends a very important but different perspective as someone who came from privilege in a sense and truly embraced the college experience. One, had an opportunity to be a top three pick and chose to come back purely to try and win another championship and because he loved his teammates. And it was a joint decision because I believe four of the starting five of that national championship team with the Florida Gators, coached by Billy Donovan, were all first-round picks or going to be first-round picks. And they all decided to come back and run it back. So when asked about the NIL, you know, his 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 point of view, I thought is very much needed, and we're going to dive into that as well. Also, his comments on you know, college athletes, employment, things of that nature. It was quite refreshing to hear his take. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of update on Justice Scott which is crazy, man. As a White Sox fan, I was trying to enjoy the White Sox finishing off the month of May, being above 500, five games above 500 in the month of May after a disastrous month of April, 
climbing back to within five and a half in the worst division in Major League Baseball, just looking better, nail-biting games, and everything I type on Twitter, everyone thought was about Justin Scott. And I'm like, yo, what? Like, I'm not even talking about Justin Scott. Like, what are we doing right now? So we'll give a Justin Scott update because obviously, yo, it's on the frontal lobe of everyone's mind that's connected to Notre Dame. Now, I did receive that he released his uh, what, top five teams or whatever and then tweeted out, it's almost time. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well as well as other things in the world of sports. And also, I'm going to put pretty much all the top national media pundits on the petty train in unison. (laughs) Get ready for that as well. So once again, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Don't forget, exclusively in the fall on CFB Nation. So do us a favor. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go there now. Search CFB Nation and lock in with us over at CFB Nation. We continue to grow. Last time I talked to Big Drisk, I think we're at around 400. We really need to get that up to over 1,000 before the season starts because we have even more shows and content being created for the fall to give you the best in the business and the best in entertainment when it comes to college football. So go support CFB Nation now, CFB All-American, Rising Draft with Ryan Roberts. Yo, we give you audio edibles each and every day. Home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Owen Wafel has been committed to Notre Dame or was committed to Notre Dame for quite some time. News broke that Owen Wafel and Notre Dame, well, no, Owen Wafel said that he had decommitted from Notre Dame. Okay. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to glean from. what Brian Driscoll was able to put up on his over on the IB message board. And it's very interesting that in the things that he said on the message board, 
a lot of people <laughs> have problems with it. And look, I understand, man. It is a tricky situation. If you can remember, we talked about the health of the Notre Dame program on Monday when Marcus Freeman took over. And I think the word I used was patience on that day and how the Notre Dame fan base needs to be a little bit more patient moving forward. Understanding that, yo, it might have looked like the program was healthy based upon the previous records before Brian Kelly left, but at the core, the foundation has some cracks that I don't even think we or Marcus Freeman Um, could have or did anticipate. The oil wafer situation is, is, is disappointing. And let me point out why it's disappointing. The young man decommits. The young man is obviously feeling a certain way according to, you know, what took place there was a talk, Notre Dame, Owen Wafel. Somehow, some way, Owen Wafel on his side mentions that he might want to visit, take an official visit to Michigan. Uh, the bigger question for me is how did he get to that point? Uh, what communication or lack of communication what made it get to that point to where he felt a long time commitment to the class of 24 felt like he wanted to take an official visit to another school and it raises the question what's going on this is why the title of today's show is doing too much I tweeted something out about two weeks ago. And I said, man, you know what? I love what Miami's doing when it comes to Justin Scott. Love it. Love it. Every chance they can get. Man, if they know his favorite breakfast food is Fruit Loops, and they see a Fruit Loops commercial, they retweet the Fruit Loops commercial and somehow connect it to Justin Scott. It's like that's how committed they are to Justin Scott. That's just how committed they are to Justin Scott. And they're doing too much, right? That's that's what we would call it in the streets. Like, yo, you're doing way too much. And some people might feel like Miami's doing way too much. But they're committed. They're committed. And I'm like, yo, I get it. Like, if you want to show someone how important they are to you and how impactful they are to your program and your class, you shouldn't be ashamed to do too much. And in contrast, in my opinion, Miami in contrast to what the Notre Dame program and staff has been doing, it's night and day. It's night and day. It's, it's, it's literally not even close. It's not even close. It's not. I think Brian Driscoll has mentioned this, bro. <laughs> Your defensive coordinator hasn't been out to see Justin Scott not one time. Not once. Not once. Not one time. Not once. And so I'm sitting here and I'm saying, Owen Wafel has been so, man, Owen Wafel has been so locked in to Notre Dame, man. And all of a sudden, it's just weird. Where is this conversation coming from? What, like, what, what are we talking about? Why is Owen Wafel contacting Notre Dame? Why is Owen Wafel considering taking a visit like what conversations took place before then to lead to him saying that 
And then, of course, Notre Dame's view. If you're taking visits, then you have to decommit, which I have my own views on that. This is laughable. It's laughable, but it's just crazy the way this on wayful situation is played out because the Cedric Irvin Jr. situation was a byproduct of new staff coming in. They didn't recruit the young man. Dela McCullough comes in, locks in with Jeremiah Love, identify, identifies Jeremiah Love as an upgrade, and then goes after the young man, right? So even though some people might deem it as dirty business, it's like, okay, cool. You might deem it as dirty business, but it was a change of the guard. It's new leadership. It's no different than what we're seeing in, in Phoenix in the NBA. New owner, Monty Williams, has done nothing but go to the playoffs and turn around a team that was winning 15 games when he took over. New owner comes in, and New Orleans like, I hear you, but I want to hire who I want to hire. Fine. He owns the team. He's more than welcome to do that. With this Owen Wafel situation, I'm like, yo, you recruited the kid? And now somehow, some way, there's a conversation and the kid is like, I want to take an official visit to Michigan. And it's, how do we get how do we get there? See, that's the bigger question. Like people are sitting up here walking, trying to place blame. Look, how did we get to the place where this young man wanted to take an official visit. He didn't want to decommit. He just wanted to take an official visit to another school. And Notre Dame rule, Notre Dame's rule is if you're taking official visits, you can't be committed to us. Uh, look, I'm trying to get to the bigger issue in the root of the situation. Tell me how we go from a kid that commits as early as he commits and that was recruited and taken by the defensive coordinator, the D-line coach, and the head coach. Taken as a take, right? We talk about this all the time, Left Offers in college football are not necessarily offers. That's right. Sometimes offers are just holding people in place until your, your next film comes out. That's really what it is. Right. Or until you get a better player. Until we get a better, thank you, until a better player comes along. Or an offer is, oh, my God, we want you right now. So, or, so a team, you know, doesn't get you or, you know, you try to be the first on a kid. It's a two-way street. I remember going through it. Every If you were a good player, everybody's first offer, if you was going to go big, was Cincinnati. Yeah. And their pitch all the time was, hey, we're your first offer. You know, that typically means we the ones that discovered you first. We showing the most love first. We getting on you first. It should it should mean something behind that. That was Butch Jones pitched to me uh as Cincinnati when I first got offered. And you know, as a player getting your first big time offer, you like, oh okay, this I mean, hey, if they offer me first, that must mean they want me the most, you know, or yeah whatever may have you, but you got to do your due diligence and then other offers come. So it's just, it happens fast as a player, but as a recruiter, you like, well, if I offered you first, that should be no brainer, you know? So uh, there's a lot of, man, the book of recruiting is crazy uh, when it comes to these offers. Cause you got verbal offers and then you got silent commitments, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> How you silent commit, you know? So, Yo, it's a lot that goes into it. It is one of the most baffling situations because it's kind of like dating, you know, until you put that name on a dotted line, you don't really, you know, but you don't know, you know, until they send that fax over and give you that pot of gold official letter. Put your name on a couple pages, actually. It ain't just one page, you got a couple pages that you probably not should, but don't read. 
you know, it's uh it's real interesting because I think Marcus Freeman had to deal with a lot of different things that he had to take on. You know, they got guys that were offered before he really got into the position. Mm-hmm. He's like, are we keeping these guys? Are we moving on? And unfortunately, we had a situation where a kid thought he was offered. No letter. You know, it's the, it's the verbal offer thing, which is even crazy because all these are verbals. There's no official offer until they send the, the paperwork through the fax machine. So even the five stars have verbal offers. Everything's a verbal offer. It's like a gentleman's agreement. It's like, yeah, I said that to you, so now you can go tell a reporter that comes back to me and verifies. But it's no official, you know, offer. It's only quote-unquote official because you see it on the website, 24-7, Rivals. ESPN, but in reality, they're all verbals. Mm-hmm. It's just are the coaches going to stick to it or not? You know, it's it's kind of funny because whenever you commit, you got to call up there and let them know. Because they they then they're oh okay now we can get all the paperwork together. Da, da, da. But other than that, it's like oh you oh you oh now oh okay well we we got to scramble to get. The stuff together. So it's it is real interesting because now you got kids, the younger kids, how they do it, you know, the young kids that are like seventh, eighth, sixth grade, mm-hmm. that are, you know, pretty good generally in their class. They go to these uh, schools and try to bargain uh to get a verbal offer, quote unquote, just to say they they talked to the coach and they got an offer in seventh, eighth grade. Now they boosted their stars going into high school. Right. So it's just it's just a game. It's just a game. Now, obviously, these kids that committed eighth grade, seventh grade, that commit to these schools, these schools aren't necessarily honoring that. That's like six years. <laughs> that's a six-year – that's long for a kid. Committing six years to something that, that come on, it's, it's not even logical. <laughs> but uh, it's it's all about how you build that narrative. Like LeBron James, he had a narrative since fifteen years old, right? So building that and and getting the uh, ESPN to film your high school game, like that's huge. Now, was he the number one pick at fifteen? No. But the narrative was, oh, he could be the number one pick in, what, four or five years from now? <laughs> right, right. It's remember just, remember how, like, dude, Mikey Williams was supposed to be, like, oh, one of the craziest prospects in the world in, in seventh, seventh grade. grade. And, Not, and five, six years later, he didn't grow since seventh grade. Right, right. And, so, and, and recruiting is way different. Then then like kids got way bigger, better. Like it's just right, right. So to so football is just like, all right, guys, like it's now there are some kids a Jadavion Clowney in ninth grade, eighth grade, okay. A Leonard Fournette, remember Leonard Fournette coming out? Mm-hmm. Sixth grade phenom. Now you get some kids that turn out, but we're talking about the point zero zero one percent of high school and, and young kids at that act, that accomplishment level, you know, but recruiting is a crazy game the way they do it now. It's, it's unfortunate because it ain't no, it's no clean way to play. That's just what it is. A dirty game. It's a dirty game. There's no great recruit, good recruiting. No, it's, 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 it's really savage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And for the mm-hmm. coaching level on the on the on that side, it's even more savage. Think about the Justin Scott recruitment, how hard it is as a coaching staff to just uh lock that in. You you thinking things are sweet. You got team uh uh, uh coaching staffs teaming up against you. You got you got you got guys hearing win from the article and just just calling your dude. May not even watch the film. Just hey, uh so you got Miami, but you know what you think about X, Y, Z? It's a dirty game. They trying to steal players. 
you know, they 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 calling your starting quarterback after a big win, huh? What kind of kind of stuff is that? Because you know he's gonna answer. No, they ain't called Kenny Pickett in the middle of the season. You think Kenny Pickett not gonna pick up the phone? Mm. He gonna listen. He may not do nothing, but he gonna listen. So Pat Narduzzi, like, wait a minute. What? This is tampering. Ain't no such thing. Ain't no such thing because recruiting is a dirty game. If you want to be a five-star, just like if you want to be Will Smith in these big movies, anybody ever wonder how does Will Smith just get, keep getting all these huge movies? It's a dirty game. You just thought Will Smith was just the best actor in the world. He's a dirty guy to do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Recruiting, you got to do some stuff to get some players. Carnell Tate, if it was recruiting was all good stewardship, we would have Carnell Tate. He un- we done visited Notre Dame 15, 16 times. Up there every weekend. Mama loved it. Family loved it. And then what Ohio State do? They say, you know what? We got a big bag over here full of money. We got a big list of receivers we just put in the league. I know you love Notre Dame. Four for 40, that's great. That's great. But what's 30,000 look like right now? And some shoes. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a dirty game. It's the Because the value of what you can get from Notre Dame, we know that it can be better than Ohio State and what they can offer in the long run. As a conscious decision, you're like, okay, Notre Dame is like, okay. But in recruiting, you got to even the playing field. It's just like the small-time agents in basketball. That's the dirtiest game alive. My guy Mike Johnson flew out, met with Moses Moody, met with uh uh Trey uh what's the guy that got drafted to OKC from Florida? Trey Man. Mm-hmm. Sat down months, years, two, three years to live down the street, to know the family personally, know the dog's name. The recruit, like, hey. I love you. You my number one. I'm just going to wait to commit after the season. Sign with an agent after the season. Okay, but I got him on lock. Two years on the been to his high school games and uh, took drove him to prom. And then what do you know? Middle of the season, sign with some agent. Because what the agent do? Drove to his house, had a big old briefcase. They said, hey, my name XYZ. I got 100,000. Sign with me today. And sign with him. It's a dirty game. And Marcus Freeman knows that. But the, the difference is Marcus Freeman got to do it with a clean face. He got to be like James Bond. <laughs> wow. He gotta Why does like he have to be like James Bond? He got to be like Batman because he got to appear like it's clean. No, he's, stop. He's Bruce Wayne. He's Bro, Bruce Wayne to the world. This, this perception. But then he's Batman. This perception thing is going to kill us, bro. <laughs> it's true. This Notre Dame perception thing is going, it's got to be clean. It's got to be. Ain't no such, there is no such thing as a clean football program. None. 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 administrations ain't clean. <laughs> it's usually the ones that's trying to be the cleanest is the worst ones. That's like I don't when understand. I to, that's like I used to hate when I was in college or high school, and I would introduce myself, and people would be like, "Wait a minute, isn't your dad? Isn't your dad a pastor? <laughs> oh, you a preacher's kid? Like, what the heck that? What does that mean? What, what does that mean? I can't be a kid. I yeah, can't just be a no, normal. No, no. Kid. You can't just be a kid. You a preacher? I just can't be a normal kid. No, no, no. It's like so, man. Is why does Marcus Freeman? Why does Notre Dame have to be so clean cut? Why do we have to be viewed as the good stewards of college football? Well, what? It's obvious you're good stewards. It's 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 for who? Who is it for? That's the question. For who? Who are we doing this for? Because if this was because when you put the letter out, where the national championship was like fourth on the list. 
what are the three other points? Who would that? Who was that for? Who, in, in regards to an athletic program, if winning a championship is fourth, what is the other three points? Who was that for? Because it can't be for the kids. I don't. I just. I will never forget national championship or the list of things of importance at Notre Dame was at the fourth at the bottom and the things that were above it were things that aren't even quantifiable you can't quantify a good steward what do you mean what do you mean yo so let me tell you something that stood out for me bro Jaden Burdell who was the number one tight end in the nation who recently committed to University of Georgia was asked what led to him committing to Georgia. And he said, ultimately, I knew I was going to win, and I knew I was going to have a real chance to win a championship. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's it, yo. That's it. And that's that's not anything right now. That's a five-star. Notre Dame cannot say that to a five. Notre Dame has yeah, no way of like, making five stars feel that. like that right now. Can't that. They can't make them feel like that right because, now. Because, you know, his teams are either shooting for competing for a championship or not. And then Notre Dame is shooting for what? If if it's not winning and being a, the champion, then what are we shooting for? Because we, we always try to have the best recruiting. We try to get the best coaches sometimes. And, and we're portraying that we're trying to win a championship, but not really. So what are we really trying to do? That's the question. You 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 hire Marcus Freeman. Now, okay, oh, you're trying to do some things, okay? You done got the, the right pieces flowing. You got the new indoor. Okay, we moving towards trying to cross over. And then it's just little stuff. Oh, we don't want to buy out this coach. Oh, we can't take these couple five stars because of whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of turn around and be like, I thought we were trying to win. Oh, we can't do an NIL collective like literally everybody else. <laughs> it ain't, it'd be different if the NIL was only done by a couple schools. All the schools are trying to do it. Look what USC just did. They're signing their own kids to a USC collective, whatever that is. Just a big old fund of money, big old pot of oh, money. I guarantee you that USC collective. There's a lot of money out there in that state, it's a, bro. It's just a, it's, you signed to the pot of money. Man, that's a lot of money. That's the that pot school. of gold. No, the name hey, should have the pot of hey, gold NIL collective. Let me tell you something. You, hey, boy, you remember that movie? It was a movie. Uh, I forget the name of it, where they use a a, a monkey to lead this uh, pe- to lead these people back to the city of Zinj. Which was like the long lost city of Solomon, full of diamonds and gold, and uh, that's USC. If you walk that campus, bro, yeah, you oh. you literally feel like you are in the lost city of diamonds and gold, like, riches. Oh, dude, hey, the buildings right now, man. You the, the 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 transfer from Georgia, just good old time. Did you, you see his apartment? Did you yeah. see his apartment? Bro, Bear Alexander. He couldn't believe Bruh. it. <laughs> this man has an apartment and he came downtown from LA and came from Georgia. I know exactly where he's at, too. Oh, yeah. I know exactly where he's at. Well, you soon gotta, you as he showed in a couple keys to get in. You can't, yes. Just, you can't yes. walk in there. Yes. Yes. Congo. Thank you, Jason Smith. The name of the movie was Congo. Bro, look, Bear Alexander showed that video and I said, you know what? You know what? Ain't there's nothing like that in South Bend, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't even hate. No, I'm like no way. No, no, no. There's no view like oh, that in South Bend. Stop. There's stop. there's not stop. the surroundings. No, I just said view. I said view. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's no, no view no. like that. Oh no, no, no. With them little Eddie Street apartments. Dude, I have not seen I have not seen the amenities and all of that. I'm just telling you, there is no no tenth, view like tenth, that. No tenth floor view like oh, that. It's no, no, no. out there. It's just not. It's not. not so, yo, it, as far as just kind of tying up the loose ends on the Owen Waker situation, dude, I'm not here to debate fault 
I just need to find out how we got to this point. How Because he was good enough to get into the class in the beginning. He should have been good enough to hold on to. Yeah. And that's because the same people recruited him. That's it. Same people. Yeah, dude. That's why they say, tell you to measure twice and cut once. Mm. That's what I was always taught. Measure twice, cut once. If a kid wants to commit early and you feel like he's, uh, then don't take his commitment. Or don't offer him. That's the truth. <laughs> don't offer him. Right? I told the story from the conversation I had with the Chicago kids. Chicago kids went to a, a, a trip in uh, April, took a visit to Notre Dame, came back, and told a bunch of people in Chicago, eh, it was all right. What you mean? Uh, they don't really want me. If you don't really want them, don't invite them. Dirty game. If you don't really want a kid, don't invite them to your campus, man. That's that's what it is. Because what happens is the kid goes back to where he's from. He talks to other athletes in the city. And he puts all of that toxic, inf toxic information out there about the program. Uh, don't do it. So this whole offer, and then we tell, you know, like you said, it's the dirty side of both sides, bro. Teams can pull away. They can pull an offer. But it's wrong with kids decommit, though. Mm. Right? When kids decommit from schools, it's like, oh, man, how, how dare they decommit? But a school pulls an offer, it's like, oh, well, if they felt like they had a better player, then – you know, I understand. Nah, for wow. real. Wow. It's, 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 it's the same as when coaches leave. It's no big deal. They excited, you know. But, you know, Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma, takes the whole program with him, devastates Oklahoma. That man was taking execs, administrators, secretaries. But then, but then you know, they can't wait to, for Spencer to leave. You know, they can't wait. Oh, we can't wait to get rid of Spencer. You know, we can't. Or if a kid decommit, oh, it's the kid sucks. You know, he's the worst kid in the world. Da, da, da. So. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So Roderick must be slow, or he just doesn't know how to listen. That's what it sounds like. The point is, you're stupid as a program if you can take a kid early and then you want to find something better. Don't take them early. That says something about your insecurities as a staff. Because either a kid is good enough to beat Alabama or beat Clemson when you take them, or he's not. I don't care if you took him last year or you're taking him right now. When you see that kid and you take his commitment, you're saying you're good enough to be a part of our program and to beat the teams we need to beat, period. And if he's not, don't take him. 
So it has nothing to do with recruiting. I question your ability to scout. That's the problem. There's a scouting problem of talent. I don't see Alabama jumping on kids super early and then being like, oh, we found somebody better. You know what Alabama does? They wait. They do wait. They wait. You know what Clemson does? They wait. Clemson wait too. Clemson don't jump on. You know what Georgia does? They wait. They don't grab kids and say, oh, we found somebody better. Do your homework. Stop having the same issues over and over and over again. Mid-tier programs have that problem. Big elite programs don't have that problem. They don't. So either you didn't scout him correctly when you took his commitment or is something wrong with your development. You tell me. Either you don't feel like you can develop him into a player or you feel like, oh, he's not good enough. And then the person, according to Brian Driscoll, the player they're going after is rated lower. So what are we talking about? It's not like they cleared the book so they could go get TJ Lindsay. Right. And no, they don't have that luxury. They haven't won in 35 years. Notre Dame doesn't have any luxury. What luxury does Notre Dame have? They don't have a national championship in 35 years. You don't have a luxury. Marcus Freeman, for darn sure. Let me tell you something. Marcus Freeman does not have luxury. Marcus Freeman got two to three years to make something happen, realistically. Realistically. Who is not going to save him? They're not going to save him. You're talking about we got luxury. Where? Who? What luxury? No, you don't have luxuries to miss. And then you get rid of a kid. Like we said, I don't have a problem with this. I didn't do. I had no problem with the Cedric Urban thing. None. None. Dela McCullough came in and said, hey, yo, it's this borderline five-star kid in uh, St. Louis. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a yeah. tough con- tough conversation we got to have with Cedric Urban Jr. But hey, I hear you, Coach. You're a brand new coach. You want this other kid in your room. This whole staff brought this kid in multiple times, met with the kid, scouted the kid. Deemed the kid good enough to have a jersey in Notre Dame. Offered him and took his commitment. And when you take the commitment, you're saying we can beat the best teams with this kid. At least that's what you're supposed to be saying. Now all of a sudden, he's not good enough to beat Bama, to beat Georgia. That's a you problem. Because he said he was good enough to beat Georgia and you found somebody better, then just add the dude to him. That means you have two players now that are good enough to beat Georgia and good enough to beat Alabama. But you replace him with what's being reported as a three-star kid that you love? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. It has nothing to do with understanding recruiting. At all. And I think a lot of it, too, you know, it comes down to these coaches are sometimes desperate in the attempt to just offer the first thing that that's hot at the time because they're trying to gain players and gain momentum. I don't have a problem with the tough conversations. But like you said, I think it's definitely misleading. And it doesn't look good as a staff like you know what you're doing if you're not honoring the commitments. 
I mean, I don't know how to feel if you was a kid. I mean, it kind of goes back to the Dante Moore situation. I thought we had the commitment seal. And then we go over everybody's head and get another kid to commit on. It's just, I don't know. I think the way the good programs have figured it out is by waiting. They 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 wait it out. Alabama is rarely a person's first offer. Rarely. Rarely. Now they are at a luxury, a luxury where they're only putting out a couple offers to the top of the top of the top kids. Right. So they kind of be like, all right, let's see who who y'all think is really good for real. And then we'll just pick off of the top. We're in that, we 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 can't pick off of the top just yet. But we in the tree. We ain't we ain't the bottom of the tree where we getting the low hanging fruit. We ain't, we up in the in the middle with the branches and you know we fighting with different things in the tree to get the right fruit. But for us to get to the top, we have to be consistent on how we recruit. We have to have a great found a great recruiting office. That's twenty four uh, hours around scouting. I mean Alabama has a whole department, like eighty people staff of recruiting. Right. I've seen our recruiting office. It's cute. It's a little cubicle, a couple chairs and computers and stuff, but that's lacking. You know, lacking. So it's another obstacle. Stewardship. Yeah. It's it's good stewardship. We're battling stewardship. It's good stewardship. That's what it is. That's hard. Hard to battle good stewardship because what how does how do you it's so subjective to where you can just move the goalposts on good stewardship. Oh, the money's too high. We're good stewards. We Who was I talking to? Uh, oh, we were talking to Coach Reed. Remember, we were talking to Coach Reed offline. And Coach Reed was telling us, like, yo, Nick Saban has, like, 30 employees. And their whole job is to find the top 85 kids every year that can come to Alabama. So that's the problem. That's the problem. And this is my opinion. This ain't Malik's opinion. It's Sean Davis' opinion. Notre Dame is casting a net that's far too wide. If, if, if the goal is to beat the top teams, some of the players that's that going after, they shouldn't even be talking to. Shouldn't be talking to. Shouldn't even be talking to them. That's just the, that's. That's just the truth of the matter. Some of the players they're trying to go after, they shouldn't be talking to if the we goal like, we like, we try to be, we are the world. We try to grab people from Australia, Germany, right? You know, all around the world. So we can be like, look at how diverse and and multifaceted and ethnocentric and all type of colors we got mm-hmm. on the team. We cross, we we represent the world football teams. So like, we want the best eighty five. If they all from Alabama, then we all have But they're telling you this is the point. They're telling you, and you take it. They're saying there are only every year. There's only eighty people or eighty young men good That's enough worth recruiting, worth wearing this jersey. That's it. Sorry if we offend everybody else, but there's only this allotment of kids that's worth it. Period. We have that, but it's not always geared towards the talent. And we don't have the number. Our net, our net is like we got 85 of the best people on the planet. Great <laughs> grades, great volunteership, community leader, all type of this. And then he plays football. So you got 85 of the best people on the planet. That ain't the best football players on the planet. So, yeah, they can be good people. We got a ton of good guys. Every guy you've been at locker room is a good dude. Oh, that's a good dude. Maybe a little arrogant or maybe he's a jerk sometimes, but overall, it's a good guy. He's very well accomplished as a human being. But but he can't tackle for shit. Right. So that's where the, that's where the disconnect comes. We get CEO of a future 500 company, but the man is getting washed down in all the, all the brum plays. Man can't tackle an open field. 
So we turn, is that is that what good stewardship is? We want to have the cleanest, coolest, man, most, most. <laughs> I mean, think about Corey Robinson's recruitment. Corey Robinson was lucky. It was lucky that he was a really good football player. But we didn't recruit Corey for no five. Corey was a two-star. A two-star. That we gave a chance because he was Corey Robinson. He was Dave Robinson's son. So we was like, well, sh-. And then he gets there and he just happens to be like David Robinson and the super free athlete where he just, ah, he just. So we got lucky. But if you look at it from the outside in, nobody else was recruiting Corey. Corey didn't have a list of offers like Alabama and Georgia and you no, no. But that's the that's the that's the recruiting that we hold on no. See, this is the difference though. Corey came into a totally different environment that exists at Notre Dame right now. Because the environment Corey came into, it was some dogs. Oh he yeah. walked in, he walked into a locker room full of dogs. That's right. And that actually made Corey better. Like, Corey was probably better than what he was ranked, but he came into a locker room that was a bunch of dogs, and that made him even better. Even better. And he came in early. And he came in early. So let me explain this to people. I see some people in the chat talking about where you guys, you know, applaud Notre Dame for all for getting in on kids early. Yeah, kids like Keon Keeley. (laughs) We had him early early. Kids like Kate Bowen. Early, early. Yes, get in on early on high four stars and five stars. Yes, because you have to. Get in early on, on, on Justice Scott. Oh, wait a minute. You missed that opportunity. You screwed that up. So Yeah, we got we to gotta stop getting these one-offs. I love Ben Minich. I'm sure he'll develop into a great player. But Ben Minich isn't, shouldn't be on the top of the board. No, Ben Minish was a kid that they got in after watching his senior film. They watched his senior film and was like, oh, snap, he's better than we thought. <laughs> better than we thought. Let's offer him. I'm fine with that. When you see kids halfway through the fall like, oh, snap, I'm impressed by his film. Let's go get him. Owen Wafer was a three was a three-star. When they took his commitment, <laughs> there was no reason to even take his commitment unless you believe he was a difference maker or a player to get you over the hump. There was no reason to take his commitment. None. <laughs> there was no commitment. You know the game. Why are you taking his commitment that early? Why? So, yes. Heck, Yeah. You see Keon Keeley off of that dude, Bryce J. Underwood off of that dude as soon as he's his halfway through his freshman year. Coach yes. Nick, Corey Robinson became a four-star after we offered him. Because the only offer he had when we was recruiting him, because I was with Chuck Martin at the time, was Navy. And he was deciding between Notre Dame and Navy because that's the only two offers he had. Once we offered him, obviously he became a four-star because that's how recruiting does. These websites, they are so crazy. They took Jack Larson from a – Top tight end to what he's like, eighty seven tight end right now. Jack Larson, when he committed to Notre Dame, was a four star, fam. Four star. <laughs> Arrow going up. Now this kid is like three star. Yeah, it's good. man, look. It's like that's trash. Like, now Jack Larson, all of a sudden, is that much worse of a football player? After he committed, remember they judge you to Keon. Well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let me. I'm, I'm glad you said that left. Woo! Glad you said that left. Woo! This is perfect. Thank you for throwing me the alley oop. Thank you for throwing <laughs> me the alley oop. Was Notre Dame recruiting Jaden Riddell? Was Carr, your quarterback recruit, who was playing seven on seven with Riddell? Was he massaging all every tweet, every social media post, trying to get Jane Riddell to come play with him at Notre Dame? Are they still recruiting Carter Nelson at tight end? And they're still recruiting another 24 tight end. Wait a minute. Hold on. They only have room for two tight ends left. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But if Cardi Nelson and Jane Riddell wanted to both come to Notre Dame, they would have taken them both, and they would not have gotten rid of Jack Larson. So I don't do that. And, and Carter Nelson and Jane Riddell are both better than Jack. That's right. Who you find that are better than who you have? Yeah. Either who you have is good enough to be in your program or they're not. That's right. Period. They can add two more tight ends to this class. Jack Larson ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. At all. So all that stuff about, oh, somebody found somebody better than Oral Waffle. It, it wouldn't make a difference. Is he good enough? If he's good enough. He's if he's good enough, it doesn't up. make a difference who they found. Yeah. That dude, thank you for that alley-oop. Because <laughs> if Jane Riddell had picked Notre Dame, Jack Larson still would have been in the class. If Carter Nelson picks Notre Dame, guess what? Jack Larson is still going to be in the class. That's right. In a class where Notre Dame said, we're only taking one tight end. We're only going to take one tight end. We're taking best available. But they keep looking for tight ends. But all of a sudden, Owen Wafel, oh, he, we found someone better. Okay. All right. That just looks bad on you if you found someone better. That means you recruited terribly. <laughs> If he wasn't good enough to be on the team where you because you at the point you take it, you taking all like come on, that's that's raggedy. Because what do you hilarious, man? I'm like, well, what happened? I mean, you you what happened? How do I unbecome the player that you yes, that you said, oh man, we like this kid. But that trickled into the season. And when we're talking about Tobias, oh, Tobias is the best, the fastest, strongest, best receiver, but, but, but we can't trust the brother just yet. What do you mean? You recruit a player you can't trust? You recruited this kid, sat in his living room, talked to his parents just to get him on campus and not trust him. But then you tell him, oh, man, he is the fastest, the, the best hands. He just be killing our defense. Why does he only have two? Oh, let's, let's just take it easy. We just y'all, man, look, I told you, hey, man, I understand being Notre Dame fans, but y'all got to stop being apologists, bro, and learn how to call things left, right, up, down, right, wrong. Stop. I'm the same person. We can talk about Justin Scott. I'm the same person that told people, yo, relax. And at the same time, I can relax. I can tell you Notre Dame dropped the ball early, horribly. Notre Dame still dropping the ball and not doing enough when they haven't had the defensive coordinator talk to them one time, not once. They're dropping the ball. And I'm still saying relax. Let it play out. I'm not afraid to call a spade a spade. It is what it is. And if you want to be an apologist, go ahead and be an apologist. Two things can be true, though. Absolutely. He could really love Notre Dame and want to go, and we can also still not be showing them the love that it would take to retain a five-star of that magnitude because other teams are going to put in effort, especially Absolutely. if they know that he liked Notre Dame. They're like, oh, there's an there's a opening because they they tripping. I'm going to have a defense coordinator call today. That's recruiting. Absolutely. It's an angle. Justin Scott, like, man, I, this is my girl. This is my girl. But if your girl ain't calling, you ain't hitting you back. You come home, you ain't got no food. You love her, though. That's your girl. Absolutely. But if, if your work wife brought your lunch, you know, she recruit you. And you like, look, 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 I love my wife. Love my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But if, if she ain't she ain't cleaning up nothing behind herself, you know, arguing with you all the time. Other girls are going to see that on him. Come to work, man, tripping. No, they ain't call me, man. I'm, and then here come Kirby Smart. Well, you know, I'm let, me, let me say this. I was, let me, I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm your boy. I'm, let me give a clear. Let me give a clear. 
See, because you don't have to take my word. Let's go with the evidence. Let's go with the evidence. Who were the three people on the Notre Dame staff since December that have spoken to or either visited or went to see Justin Scott? Marcus Freeman. Tommy Reese. Al, wait a minute. Marcus Freeman, Al Washington, and Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese, the freaking offensive coordinator, dog. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let that sink in. The three people that were involved with Justin Scott. Marcus Freeman, Al Washington, and the offensive coordinator. That's right. Not once did I mention the defensive coordinator. No. Not once. Go search a story. Any publication where you saw. Look, man. That's why we say doing too much. I applaud Mario Cristobal and that coaching staff. Because they're doing what? Man, they're doing any and everything. To get Justin Scott, any and everything in the school to seventy miles away, just chilling, posting videos, driving down Dan Ryan. So that's all I'm saying. I understand why why Miami's getting a lot of buzz because they're doing the most. They're doing the most. I understand why Miami wasn't do bro. Trust me. Wasn't in the running. Miami wasn't even in the running. They've come out of nowhere. Because what it comes down to, and, and Justin Scott knows it's a fit. <laughs> he like, man, where is my why Miami show? They must want me. I must fit there. They, wait, wait. They must what? They must want me. So we can talk about yeah, Justin Scott has said it out of his mouth. I love Notre Dame. I love Marcus Freeman. Love it. I was about to go commit to Notre Dame. Then I realized I had taken my visits after talking to my coaches and my family. At a school, everybody was worried about Ohio. Remember, everybody was worried about Ohio State, Georgia. Out of nowhere, here comes Miami. Out of nowhere. Because they're doing the most. They're willing to do the most. They're willing to go over to, over the top. They're willing to have their entire defensive staff come to Chicago to see the kid. The entire DB coach, safety coach, linebacker coach, D-line coach, defensive coordinator, everybody. They're willing to do the most. But the D.C. from Notre Dame is not really involved. I... Look, man, <laughs> like I understand the panic. I understand why Miami is getting the buzz and love. And ultimately, he'll choose where he wants to go. My point is, every time I've spoken to the young man, his love for Notre Dame is the exact same as it's been. The problem is, has the love for somebody else become more than his love for Notre Dame? That's the issue. That's the question. My grandfather told me the day before I got married, ladies and gentlemen, the way you started is the way you're going to have to finish, son. If you start off whining and dining, you have to do that for the rest of your life. Can't start off bum-rushing the kid at the school, grabbing his attention. And then once everything cools off, you get real chill. It was the fact that you bum-rushed the school that got his attention with the staff. That's what got his attention. And then things cool off and you get relaxed. They feel like, oh, we're in a good position. And then you have everybody else just flat out willing to do the most to get this five-star talent out of Chicago. <laughs> it's, yo, man, it is what it is. And I say once again, 
to stand out from the conversation I had with 24 and 25 high school football players just over two weeks ago is that Notre Dame is buzzing in Chicago simply because of Marcus Freeman, not because of Notre Dame. That's it. That's it. If Brian Kelly was still the coach, the relationship between Chicago and Notre Dame would be just as bad as it was. Marcus Freeman has brightened things in Chicago from a Notre Dame standpoint. It is what it is. So yeah, I don't I don't have a dog in the fight for the Notre Dame or a wayful situation. Just man, please, can we stop having this situation happen again, man? Stop. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.